much love. Do you remember the 21st night of September? Love was changing the mind of pretenders while chasing the clouds away. Hi, Renee. Hi, girl. It's episode 26, season three of Reverage Love. This week we are living in fall. It's autumn. It's autumn vibes this week. Yeah. And so many people are already putting up their Halloween decorations and I am living for it. Um, If I had any energy, I would do the same. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm usually I'm like, eh, you know, especially like turn it down for Christmas stuff being too early in November and Halloween stuff. No, now I'm just like, do it. Give me some spooky skeletons. Give me some jack-o'-lanterns. Fuck it. Carve a pumpkin in September. Who gives a shit? Nothing matters. Time is irrelevant. I'm Uh, about that energy. The amount of photos and articles and things that people are sending me about porcelain dolls this year like it's unbelievable and i guess i just became that lady i'm the porcelain doll lady um there are worse okay. things to be known for honestly i mean is there <laughs> is there um but some really big things happened this week julie oh, yes big things and um i'm still processing we... them to be honest oh i am shook to my core and i'm thrilled but before we get into it i want to bring in our guest today a friend of mine from the past. Hop in there, girl. Hi. Thank you so oh, much yeah. for having Hello. me. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. Oh, this is such a um, dream. So... <laughs> well, we're yeah, we love we love the feedback, and also we're just so grateful that you're here because you're not only. Uh, a friend of Renee's you are a fan of the show and you have a personal connection to this week's theme which is what Renee it's orchards Julie hells yeah hells yeah so that's why Arielle is here yes my entire expertise is going to be our (laughs) it's just orchards (laughs) (laughs) Um, So why do you know so much about orchards? Well, my entire expertise on this subject comes from the fact that I grew up living next to an apple orchard. So for about half my life, lived next to this glorious apple orchard. That's that's it. That's the entirety of my expertise. (laughs) Two decades of inhaling. That's not just all. Oh, okay. What else were they? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you also um, live in like a big giant spooky house, which I love. And mm. um, this orchard holds like apples and hay and pick your own berries and mm-hmm. the spooky wagon ride. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. My house during the spooky wagon ride is po- it's supposed to be the haunted house next door where many murders have occurred, etc. It is. And I would know because I was a host on that spooky wagon ride. (laughs) 
And I am afraid of my own shadow. This is known. Like, Renee and I are besties. Renee is, like, queen of the darkness, loves gothy things, loves horror things, true crime. I am literally scared of my own shadow. And I went on a spooky wagon ride with Renee and her, at the time, very young son. And he was so chill about it. And I was so sketched out the whole time. (laughs) So, um, I respect people that could just be in that space and not be constantly shitting their pants so this is my kudos as the scaredy cat on this week's episode Mm, yes Um, as the resident queen of darkness though can i can we talk about elvira oh my god please can we educate the masses if they have not heard this groundbreaking international news that happened this week i'm assuming ariel that you are aware of this groundbreaking news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please. Okay. So for the people, um, Cassandra Peterson, better known as Elvira, mistress of the darkness, um, released her autobiography and revealed to the world <laughs> what we all already knew that, um, she's had uh, a partner, a same sex partner for 19 years. Cause she queer as hell. And this is big for th- queer people. It's big for femmes. It's big for other creatures of the night like myself um it's awesome what are your thoughts folks yeah i mean she is literally the epitome of like goth femme realness um and i love this story so much not just because she's such a smoke show she's so funny she's so great but it's not that she's been in a relationship with a woman for almost 20 years it was her personal trainer who's a hot butch and i'm just like this story it gets better every time a new detail is released like i'm so just picturing like high femme elvira with like a butch personal trainer whoo that sends me to a special place i will own that how about you ariel how did how did you feel finding out this Mm, I Delicious love this. News. I love this for her. I love it when a woman comes out later in life. Like I don't know her reasons for keeping it personal. It's her personal life. She can do whatever she wants. But I just love it. Yeah, it's and and I don't even know. Like, is her book out yet, or is it coming out? Like her, hey, um, <laughs> is I don't know. If, is her book out yet? Renee? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because I wonder how, like, The Advocate, the the queer publication, is who, you know, dropped that bomb, basically, that's featured in the memoir. But I wonder if it's actually a prominent part of the memoir, or she just casually throws it in there of, like, oh, yeah, by the way, this, you know, this <gasps> has been my partner for 20 years. I'm not sure. But I would be interested to hear, to read the book, regardless, because I think her life is so fascinating. But I'm going to be interested to see if it's she like drops it like a bomb or just casually mentions it. Because I feel like that's such a boss move when people just casually yeah. throw that in there, you know? Also, um, I mean, obviously now September 21st has a new meaning because that's when Elvira's biography came out. Oh, damn! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was, I just wanted to confirm some details before I told you all this. And then I guess a day ago, news dropped that in the biography... Um, she reveals that uh, Wilt Chamberlain sexually assaulted her. No, yeah. the basketball player. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, he is uh, as a basketball fan. He's a 
he was a basketball player that was notorious for being uh very promiscuous for having like boasting about how many women he'd had but certainly now makes you wonder how many of those women consented to those interactions with him mm-hmm. but he was a proud slutty baller who harmed our queen Elvira and so for that he must pay that's a bummer well, I know I'm sorry to drag down this episode about orchards because nothing nothing should should bring down that vibe because nothing is more fun than a spooky haunted orchard. Now, Ariel, I have a very important question to ask you. Mm -hmm. Last week on the episode, Renee and I got into it and we didn't really settle the, we agreed to disagree, but you were raised near an orchard. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite apple? (laughs) This is such a good question. I am allergic to apples. So. (laughs) (laughs) The great irony. I fucking love that you just. (laughs) I fucking love that I literally was just like, I love when people just casually drop bombs. And you're like, it's so funny story. (laughs) This is the point of the episode. Yeah, I grew up. Oh my God, I love this plot twist. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, oh so I don't God. have much Rip. of much of an opinion on on the apple situation. <laughs> I don't even know what most of them taste like. Sorry. Oh well, I can tell you that Red Deliciouses mm. are trash. Okay. So okay, fair. that's all you need to know. Frankly. I mean, we've agreed to disagree on that one, but mm. um, okay. So just apples? Are there other fruit that you're allergic to? Does this extend beyond the world of apples? I'm allergic to almost. Like, are there other autumn treats you enjoy? I'm allergic to almost every fruit. Wow. Oh, really? Is that because fruit is trash? <laughs> I know. I heard. I heard that you hate. Week. I'm outnumbered fruit. this week. <laughs> I do like a good banana. It's, it's that's pretty it's much it. I I will agree. It is. A palate cleanser because it has no flavor. That is untrue. So, wow. I Patently feel, false. I feel exactly. I was like, banana bread doesn't taste like Melba toast. Like it clearly has a flavor. I mean, it does. But did you know, fun fact, the f- banana flavor, as we know it in banana, like popsicles and, and candy mm-hmm. and stuff, that comes from an extinct banana. Yes. It comes from heirloom bananas that we have bred out of our... Um, food supply so when you have banana runts which are to me the superior runt candy um and it tastes really fake it's actually what bananas used to be and now they're bland because the renees of the world have decided that flavor is bad (laughs) i don't think i don't think flavor is bad i think most fruit is too acidic and when you have a delicate throat like i do um (laughs) It's it's too much. It's too much. And you know what, Ariel, you're not missing anything. So welcome to the I club, buddy. You. I believe <laughs> you. Well, you know, I, I hate to break it to you, but almost all fruit is not the original fruit. Like apples today have been bred to be very sweet and to be a particular color and size. And almost every fruit is like that. Yeah, and we were talking last week on the pod about how Macintosh apples, which as far as I'm concerned, 
are the superior apple um not taking any comments or questions on that um was like bred in a part of ontario so um I mean, yeah, these things happen. I'm not sad about it because I'm basically a hummingbird who loves all sweet things forever. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, our food supply looks very different than it used to be. I'm just mm-hmm. shook that you're allergic to apples <laughs> after all this. But um, <laughs> truly love that. Love that for us. Love that for our listeners. Yeah. You know what? We just like to bring the those plot twists here on Ravage Love, I guess. We're like the M. Night Shyamalans of the romance world. Uh, you either get into it or you don't. Um, I mean, but it, 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 that doesn't Renee negate... tells me. <laughs> that doesn't negate my experience of being raised next to the orchard. You, know, you can't erase that history just because I'm allergic to apples. It's no. just unfair. <laughs> That truth still stands. I inhaled all of those pesticides every year. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad DDT is not a thing. Um, (laughs) Well, Julie, you had a question about orchard, orchard raising. Yeah, just, you know, um, first of all, orchards are obviously bumping in the fall, but like the Mm -hmm. rest of the year, what do, or like, are they just, like what is yeah is an orchard literally just open and bumping in the fall and then the rest of the time they're just living their lives or like what does that look like Mm. well the rest of the well so obviously this is eastern ontario so in the winter nothing is happening but they do offer um rides around christmas time i guess the thought is for like city folk it's very romantic to ride a horse through an orchard uh, and the rest of the year they've got like petting zoos and, uh, at some point they have other fruit, but due to my lack of eating fruit, I don't know the time frames for that, <laughs> but there are definitely berries at some point, probably in the summer and, um, petting zoos for the kids. Uh, oh, hay and corn mazes. Renee will remember those. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they were doing the corn maze yet. Like a That's creepy cool. corn maze or just like we run around? Uh, it's not, I wouldn't call it creepy. I'm, I mean, other than if you're claustrophobic and you get stuck in the middle of this maze, it's terrible because you don't know how to get out. Um, but not not creepy in the in the Halloween sense. Okay. I've never done a corn maze ever in my life because it's oh, too no. terrifying. So oh, I just no. assumed that it was like, yeah, you turn a corner and someone's like, Bleh! but <laughs> apparently Can I not. share can I share my corn maze story? Mm, Fuck please. yeah. Oh, this, this contributes to my origin story in a big way. Um, so when I was a teenager, I lived in Brockville, Ontario, um, home of the Thousand Islands. And I was, the, I was the only goth on the island, but I digress. So there was an orchard nearby, um, which was home to the world's largest corn maze. And it was themed... Huh, it was Australia themed and <laughs> I was the hostess to the corn maze. Um, so I had to dress up like a Dundee and, <laughs> and like give the, the, the information to the, to the guests on how to do this in an Australian accent, which I had not yet perfected. I will say. <laughs> Um, also, I was literally like the only goth kid in Brockville, Ontario, and somehow got this job. 
Um, but one day I accidentally, uh, my dad actually was, I want to say it was an accident, but this could be another twist and turn for the show. I, he accidentally gave me an overdose of cough medicine and I passed out in front of the family. I was trying to give instructions. <laughs> and then I started like throwing up and this child was like four and he's like, mommy. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And then my boss was like, are you pregnant? And fun fact was I wasn't yet. So. <laughs> Renee, um. I fucking love that you and Ariel are just like, story, 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 plot twist. And in this case, your plot twist is I overdosed on Dayquil and barfed and scarred a child. Like, oh, chef's kiss all around. That is phenomenal. You know, there's some guy walking around right now with a weird fucking hang up because oh, of the time. Oh, yeah. A woman, like full-on projectile vomited in front of oh monsieur that is spectacular he will forever associate mazes and corn with vomiting uh, scar for life yeah. <laughs> you know and i as a person who had undiagnosed adhd for a very long time um and couldn't navigate um, the underground of Carleton University without getting lost. Um, <laughs> when I would go into the corn maze, I would get lost and I'd have to like walkie because the, they had like lifeguards, <laughs> like like corn maze lifeguards. I have to be like, how do I get out? They'd be like, oh, why did you go in? I'm like, oh, no. And so they have to like guide me out of this, hum- the world's largest <laughs> corn maze, which was shaped as two kangaroos. It was like a mama kangaroo and then like a joey inside oh, of it um shit. that's amazing there was a snack bar in like the middle yeah um anyway uh i i am writing my my memoirs no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> well uh, uh, okay I, I heard a rumor um ariel confirm or deny that you not only wanted to come and share your orchard expertise with us this week but also that you read a book about orchards I did. I was so thrilled to be invited onto this show. And I knew I had literally <laughs> negative expertise on orchards. Since I cannot eat anything that's produced there. I was like, I need to read a book. I need to find a book. Let me Google. Let me uh, Goodreads. All orchard themed books. And I landed on one that somehow, despite the name had nothing to do with orchards. <laughs> been there, yeah. Uh, yes, we have also been bamboozled in the past. Oh, tell us everything. Well, the book is called Orchard Inn, so you will forgive my misunderstanding. Um, it's by, the author's name is A.M. Cousy, which turns out is a pen name for a husband and wife team. Um, they write romance novels together. Uh, this is the first in a series, and it's free to read. Thank God. Um, it's so they self <laughs> they self publish, but I checked, and this book has been edited professionally by not one, not even two, but three people. Um, and I point oh. this. I point this out. I always check because I don't know if Renee remembers this, but before my current career in law, I was a an editor in a publishing house. So I, I always look 
who's published this book? Who's edited this book? But it's it's very embarrassing that three people edited. So in total, five people at least read this book when it was finished. And none of them know how to use a comma at all, <laughs> which is so annoying. <laughs> Um, but let me let me tell you a little bit about this book. It is extremely long. It's like over 500 pages. Um, I'll, I'll try to be really succinct about it, but there are a lot of twists and turns, which, you know, we love. Um, so it's about this 25-year-old woman named Ella, and she works at Orchard Inn. And it's this cute little inn in Vermont that she owns. And I thought that maybe it was like surrounded by an orchard or there was an orchard nearby. But it soon became clear to me that it is entirely orchard themed and it is in the countryside. But no orchards are involved, unfortunately. But um, the orchard inn's like rooms are all named after orchards. So it's a little bit of a a little bit of a flavor there. Um, So Ella... um, is you have this kind of feeling that she's very afraid of commitment and she doesn't have any family. She was adopted by the owner of the inn, whose name is Mac, and he's passed away recently. And we also know that she has lots of tattoos that uh, are there to cover some self-harm scars. Um, So we see, like, throughout the book, lots of references to trauma that she's experienced and a lot of trauma responses. Uh, Like, she's very mistrustful of men and of relationships, and she has a lot of PTSD symptoms, especially around the main romantic lead, who is a man named River. And he checks into this inn, and immediately they're super attracted to each other, but Ella is immediately very fearful. Um... River is like he works for his family business in Boston. I don't know what the family business is. It doesn't matter, but he's there in Vermont for work. So in the story, there's also like all of these side characters, but they're all interchangeable because none of them have personalities um, <laughs> like at all. Her best friend is this woman, Maggie, and she's the chef at the end, which was very like Gilmore Girl-esque to me. Um, she's married to a woman, Julia, and uh, Maggie's mom is also sometimes involved. She's like this hippie woman. Um, and the, the two women have a daughter, Avery. Now, these characters are all described. They're all described, but the main characters are almost never described. So, like, I don't know what Ella really looks like. I know she has brown hair and tattoos. Beyond that, I mean, she could literally look like any of us. Who knows? Um... So it's it's bizarre. Also, River, well, should I I'll, I'll mention this later. So they meet. Ella tries to avoid River, but he sort of follows her around. Uh, and finally she relents and they go to dinner. And um he not romantically, but he offers to help her with the inn's website because she has to be helpless in some way. This is the nature of of this story. Um and You might be thinking, like, Ella, it sounds like she could really use some therapy. Might be good for her. She clearly has a traumatic past. Turns out she is in therapy, but the authors have never been to therapy, clearly, because the description of it is ridiculous. It's it's not accurate, and it's not trauma-informed. And this just describes (laughs) most of the book, frankly. Um, But uh, River's only going to be there for, like, two weeks. 
but they they get along so well and they're so super attracted to each other that they end up sort of tentatively dating um for example the the, the therapist says to her like you should you should just forget about the past and just try anyway don't let the past control you um they start dating we find out that river also has been hurt in the past because like his fiance Coraline or something like that um hurt him uh nothing abusive um but that's his past it's his dark past (laughs) um and we find out that ella she she starts getting these like creepy hang-up calls it's just like heavy breathing and then some threats and we find out that she has a history of having been in a an abusive relationship. Um, she there's a bunch of stuff happening. Like she ends up accidentally getting drugged with shroom gummies that her hippie this hippie woman gave her, and um, because River like doesn't take advantage of her, she's like, oh my god, he's amazing and super trustworthy and so they're like tentatively dating and then all of a sudden the horrible ex named Declan just shows up and she's like I've changed but it very quickly becomes clear that he's been stalking her and River shows up and protects her and Declan sees that Ella is with this new man and gets super jealous of course and this this is the beginning of like one of the major subplots of the book um where we learn that Ella left home as a teenager. Her home life had been really unsafe. And she ran away to this inn where Mac, who used to date her mother, uh, is working and he takes her in. So after Declan shows up and threatens her, they go to the police um, who say that, well, threats aren't physical violence, so we're not going to do anything. And the police are terrible in this book. Um, and they tell her to Ugh, get her. It's, it's, yeah, it's not even inaccurate, let's be honest. Um, But they tell her to, like, get a restraining order. Okay, now, (laughs) they're at the, this this book is so long. There's just so many unnecessary descriptions of things. Like, the authors have never heard of show, don't tell in writing. It's all just like, (laughs) let me tell you every detail. So here we are. We are, like, at least a quarter of the way through. And they're at the police station, and suddenly we find out that River is black. He's actually mixed. But we only find out because some rando side character calls him a racial slur. Like, at this point, we have not even had a description of the man, and we are already well over 100 pages into this book. Um, Wow. Um, So uh, Ella ends up, like, telling her whole very sad uh disturbing story to river and they bond but he has to leave to go back to boston um they continue their really boring relationship like there has been no sexy times at this point um they've just been going on a few dates and having really long conversations um ella ends up going to boston to visit him and meets his parents who we find out are white which Ella freaks out about. She's like super mad that River never told her that he's adopted, but his mother, this is his biological mother. She's white. Um, the stepdad is also white. Uh, and she's like totally like disproportionately mad about this inexplicably, but she just she has a lot of parenting issues clearly. Um, but River's mother is pretty rude to her, like asking a lot of 
invasive questions about the inn. So they don't have a good time. Um, they do finally, during this visit, have um, some sexy times. Um, they, they, I want to be specific, they, they have oral sex, which Ella then describes as not real sex. Um, and she describes oh, it. No. Yeah, she's straight girl bullshit. Yeah, it's a straight, it's some straight people bullshit. Because she also <laughs> describes it as such to Maggie, who's a lesbian. So it's like you're just explaining to a lesbian <laughs> that like only penetrative sex is like real sex. Oh, it was just cringe, cringe worthy. Um, also, this is the first time that she's ever had a, an orgasm when he goes down on her, which is sad. Um, but also kind of inexplicable because like she never has heard of a vibrator or anything, whatever. Um, but kudos to River because he's like, all I want to do is go down on you and make you come like three times. So, so at this point she returns to Vermont, uh, and in yet another twist in this story, she's like going through Max office or something and she finds some letters that turn out to be letters from river's mother and you're like wait what they knew each other huh and you find out that mac is river's biological father gasp he's never <gasps> known his father <laughs> thank you oh my god appropriate reaction so yet another uh, plot twist um so she's like oh my gosh so dramatic i need to go and tell him immediately so she drives off to boston to tell him but they end up banging like real sex, quote unquote, for the first time. And River tells her that he loves her and I don't know, he'll never leave her and makes her come a thousand times. And after they have sex, he finds the letter and that she brought with her. And um, he freaks out, like, why didn't you tell me you've been lying to me? And it makes her feel like a terrible human being. Um. Which is pretty ridiculous because, like, two minutes before he was telling her that he loved her. It's like, mm. um, but they need to insert more drama because there's not enough drama in this book. <laughs> so <laughs> she like she <laughs> so she goes back to Vermont and like she falls into Maggie's arms. It's like this super dramatic scene um, where she has like a fainting spell, like a Victorian maiden, and she has to be brought to the hospital because she's just in such a she's in such a state. Um, so she, uh, she then decides to give the inn to River because she, she believes that as, as Mac's son, he should have it. Like this plot just made me want to throw the book. Cause I was like, this is not even how the law of wills and estates even works. Like he was adopted by his <laughs> stepdad, the rip, like Mac never had any claim. It, it makes no sense, but she decides to transfer the like the deed of the entire inn which is the only thing she has to river this rando man that gave her an orgasm for the first time in her life um so he sh she shows I mean. <laughs> so um she goes she decides to go all the way back to boston like hand him the deed which she does and he's there with his sister but Ella thinks that this is the ex-fiance and um, nobody decides to you know, clear that up to her. Um, River asks whether or not Mac had actually adopted 
Ella at any point because he's very disturbed by the idea that they could be brother and sister, which again, wouldn't even, not even something to be concerned about. Mm, but he's very hung up on it. And I, I'm pointing this out because of later in the story. Um, <laughs> he's super, super upset about it. And she says, no, I, I was never adopted. The, and the in belongs to you. And then just like throws the paper ass at him and runs away. And then as if, as if this weren't enough, when she returns, Declan, crazy Declan shows up. And this time he attacks Maggie and he kidnaps Ella. And long story short, there's a car accident. Um, Ella survives, but Declan dies. But he somehow manages to shoot Ella so she's shot and traumatized and exactly at that moment river shows up he decides he's forgiven her and loves her and he like drags her body out of the car and then the ambulance shows up and he wants to go with her but the the paramedic says well are you family and this guy this guy says yes i am her brother Oh, no. Yeah, you, dude. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so she she survives. <laughs> Just oh, it's awful. So Alice end up survives, but there there is a funny moment in the hospital where the nurses like walk in on them, like smooching in a bed, and they're like, "Ah, you're a little close to be brothers, brother and sister." And they're like, oh, "No, it was just me making up spontaneously at you know in the spur of the moment an excuse." Not that this was like deep in my subconscious the entire time. Um, I just can't get over it. So the the book, you know, the book ends uh, with them reuniting and everything is um, happily ever after. River like moves to Vermont to run the end with her, and in the epilogue, he proposes, and they all live happily ever after. It's the end. Oh, wowzers! <laughs> I am sorry. Um, what? How spicy was it? <laughs> So there were yeah. there were what two there were two sex scenes in the entire five hundred page book not worth it, um, and they were straight sex scenes so you know um, I would probably rate it like two and a half out of five caramel apple pies for spiciness yeah like it was vanilla as someone who's never <laughs> eaten one of those pies. <laughs> yeah, 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 those are pretty spicy pies. <laughs> no, it was extremely vanilla, <laughs> but it was it was okay. Oh, like boy. it was clearly written by people who were attempting to to, to make the sex like romantic and good for the woman, which I get, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh boy, I you know what? I wrote down some notes. <laughs> While you were telling, can I can I share them with you guys? Please do absolutely. Okay, um, so I love that you pointed out the um things that were wrong with the um like the property law stuff. I I didn't mention at the beginning that Ariel Ariel just uh, graduated law school. Oh damn! So she speaks from experience. That's yeah. your expertise. That's my actual expertise. Your expertise is. Pr- the property law of the orchard is why you're really here um yeah um here's okay um i wrote down that everybody has alberta names 
Mm-hmm. Um, like I know a Declan, but I've never heard that name anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now the Declan I know is a child, but you know, his dad drives a truck. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I said, um, nothing sexier than sex at your parents' house. And that's a theme that we see a lot in our stories where they don't bang until they're at their parents' house. Mm. Um, oh, so weird. And I think that's weird. It's so weird. Right? Mm. Right? Um, and the last thing is that, you know, the fact that, like, she's, she's like, given up the orchard because he made her come. Yeah. And I'm like, one, I wrote, she came three times, who has the time? But then also, <laughs> like, the bar is so low for this man. So like, why are we throwing him a parade? Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is why you don't let, you don't let a man write a book. Absolutely. That- I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Thank you. Absolute lowest, um, lowest, 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 this, lowest though. Bar. Love this for you. I was also, oh, 100%. And you know what? It was so funny because when I asked if you would be on the show, you were like, yes. And then you're like, I read a book. And it was immediate. I was, now that I know it's over 500 pages, I was like, it's the law student that did this. That's how you did this. Because I would have tried to crush 500 pages today and then make up the rest of the story. So. <laughs> That probably would have been a better story, let's be honest. But it's not – it's partly maybe the law student, but honestly, it's the editor in me. I used to have to read, like, I don't even know how many pages mm-hmm. and then give notes and correct it, et cetera. So this is normal to me. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. I actually didn't know that about you. Um, but I know that you have offered to proofread some of my work before, and you did once, and you, you were just like – you know what, Renee? I think you can do better. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that. No, you didn't say I that. I am your biggest fan. I would never. I'm sure it was brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah. My writing is just awful, but that's okay. I, I appreciate that you um, are just the kindest, sweetest little peach pit on the planet. Um, and I'm so honored that you came on our show today because um orchards mean everything to me and so you mean everything to me mm-hmm. not because of orchard yeah. just because you're awesome so mm-hmm. thank you well what is funny is that this week renee and i chose the same book and same book. that's literally never happened in our year and a half of doing this podcast almost on a weekly basis so, but it kind of works out because um, we have an incredible guest this week. So I'm going to tell you about our book, which I can tell you is set in an orchard. So we nailed that part. Oof, well done. <laughs> Did it, buddy. Orchard is not just in the title. Oof, zero out of one <laughs> for me. It is also in the plot. But, well <laughs> but like a true Ravage Love episode, what did yeah. we both accidentally end up getting? Accidental a- shifter. Fucking shifters! God yes, damn it. So, yes, yes. I'm so mad. Oh, I love it. I'm so mad about it. But, <sighs> but, um, I'm our author this week. Bit of a mystery. So we read a fox in the orchard by Lane Baker, and I hunted, and I could not find much about Lane Baker. I could find a Lane Baker that was a psychotherapist. Um, who was very well known for her work in the area of mental health, but uh, going to presume not the same person as the author of this book, perhaps, but I doubt it. So not much I could find about Lane Baker, except that she wrote a similar book called Her Wild Soulmate. So this book is categorized as shifter lesbian romance. So... (gasps) 
I'm going to tell you about the book. And then our dear, delightful Renee is going to read you a little excerpt of it. So unlike you, Ariel, I'm so sorry. This book was very short. <laughs> it was like less than an hour, I think, to read. That's how long it took me. How about you, Renee? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was like 45 minutes or an hour or something. Very well written. So I didn't find, like, the writing wasn't terrible. There weren't, like, weird typos, which often happens with, um, you know, low budget or, like, self-published stuff. Um, so here's the story. There's a fox named Cade. And Cade is a fox shifter who is running through the woods and ends up finding a cabin in an orchard and a pile of wood and decides to hide in that pile of wood. Now, who lives in that cabin um, is Angela, who's a lonely, plaid-wearing, orchard-owning lesbian. My type. Perfection. 100% my type. I was like, if you tell me, if you tell me she's wearing bloodstones, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, and she comes out to, uh, it's late fall, getting into winter, uh, and she comes out to grab some wood from the pile and sees this beautiful little fox staring up at her that she realizes, like, quite tame and almost, like, a house pet like trots inside to follow her trots around while she's doing stuff she's like oh my god this is great you're like a little pet and i'm lonely and i'm here by myself this is great um and then she ends up taking a nap at some point thinking the fox is just like do 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 just kind of trotting around her house having a little nap and then wakes up to a being spooned by a hot naked lady and is like what and for a second it's just like oh this is nice and then realizes who the fuck is this well it's cade it's Cade, who, unbeknownst to her at some point while she was sleeping, shifted back into being a person and is like, don't freak out. I am a shifter and my name is Cade, a short for Cadence. And I um, am running away from my family because uh, I'm queer and shifters are very traditional people and don't love it. And so I had to leave in order to be myself. And Angela's like, oh, well, I'm a total plaid-wearing lesbian cliche, so I'm not here to judge. And she's, like, very proud of being a queer person. So Angela and Kate hit it off. And Angela's like, hey, look, I'm going into my busy season. I need to uh, pick all these apples and make all these pies. And I sell them all around Christmas is how I make most of my money. And I'm really shorthanded. Can you help me? She's like, yeah, absolutely. Turns out she's crushing it. She loves to be helpful. They're just, like, having a time. And then, um, and she's like, also, there's like a big storm coming. So I don't want you to, you know, keep going on your travels and get trapped. So you can stay here as long as you'd like um, until you figure out where your next destination is, where you're landing. And, you know, in that time, they're flirting. They're having a time. They're like, ooh, love each other. And then all of a sudden, they're at this fair selling pies. And Kate is shook because this woman named Edith Waters, I believe is how you say it who is, and I quote, a weasel shifter, <laughs> shows up and is like, huh, fancy you here. And turns out she's a friend of Cade's family and starts to threaten slash try to guilt trip Cade into coming back and saying, you know, I'm loyal to family and I'm loyal to my people and you ran away and you should have just like given up your weird gay ideas and just, you know, found your mate. Because for folks who are new to the world of shifters, which Renee are now, we're basically experts um, shifters spot a mate and then they just know instinctually they're like that's my mate that's my person and Cade does that for Angela she's like Angela is my person and 
is now torn between wanting to be with her person and feeling like she needs to be loyal to her family. And their family is like, no, your person's going to be a man and you're going to have lots of little fox babies and you're going to have a time. So Kate is very torn. And because Tate is, Kate is an artiste, she goes home and she starts going back, goes back to the cabin. And while Angela is sleeping, she starts making charcoal drawings of her and really deciding, you know, what am I going to do? Ultimately decides to write her a letter and say, look, I'm a burden. I'm holding you back in life. I'm going to bounce. So she does. And Angela wakes up in the morning distraught because Kate is gone and finds the note and then looks through the notebook and realizes that Cade made all these beautiful drawings of her. And you don't make drawings of someone like that, that are that beautiful and detailed unless you have feelings for them. And so Angela's like, I need to go and find my love. So what we then find out is that Cade had a little internal battle with her Fox because the Fox side of her was like, we can't leave. Angela's our person. This is our person and fuck your family. We're going to stay here and be with Angela. And Cade is like, nope, nope, nope. I need to leave. And so the Fox part of her says, fine, you leave. I'm not going to help you. You will not be able to shift into me. You will be a human being in the woods. Try to survive. Good luck with that. So that makes it easier for Angela because when Angela wakes up in the morning, she sees human footprints in the snow and tracks down Cadence. And then they declare their undying love for each other. And Cadence is like, I'm going to be with you. Fuck it. Fuck my family. Love is real. And they go back to the cabin and decide they're going to be big old gay lesbians living on an orchard, making all of my dreams come true. So I didn't hate this book at all. I actually found it quite enjoyable. Uh, What did you think, Renee? Loved it. You know what? And I'm going to say that unproblematic uh, queer literature automatically gets a five out of five for Spice. A hundred percent. So there's no fucking in this. There's sexual tension aplenty. And there's like passionate kisses that they steal from each other. But yet I agree with you. I still gave it high on the spice factor because there was sexual tension, which I'm vibing. There was like real dynamics within the relationship that felt real. And um, you hauling plaid wearing orchard owning lesbians. um, That's my jam. So yeah, I'm going to give it five out of five, five out of five. What Renee? Oh my God. Um, Spicy apple cider. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say like spicy caramel apple. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's like fair. Some chili, yeah. chili pepper caramel. Is that a thing? I don't know. I think it is because they do chili pepper chocolate. So I feel like it's a thing. Ooh, you know what? They drink a lot of hot chocolate in this. It could be a spicy <gasps> hot chocolate. Yes. I actually love a spicy hot chocolate. And I say this as someone who doesn't even love chocolate. So yeah, we're going to give it five out of five spicy hot chocolates for the a Fox in the Orchard by Lane Baker. And I would absolutely read her other books. So if she continues yeah. to put books out, I will keep reading them. Because, yeah, I really enjoyed it. If you want a short, sweet uh, little romance that's really good around the holidays, uh, I would recommend it. Yeah. It was cute. I liked it. Yeah, it was cute. So, Renee. Also, I love that you and I just naturally were like, oh, we got bamboozled by like a shifter book. But then we <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's a really good point. It speaks. It speaks to how much we love this book that both of us who have a known gripe about shifter books were like, oh, this was nice. That says a lot. That's a Mm -hmm. huge compliment, Lane Mm -hmm. Baker. Know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, before we go on, I do. Okay, we have to we have to ask everybody here. If you had to, if you were the mate of a shifter, because, you know, you don't get to choose, but you yourself were not a shifter. What shifter animal would you hope? that that person was Ooh, 
That's like what what animal question. shifter would you fuck is my question. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, can like the fox I could kind of feel. Like I yeah. was kind of feeling because it was like cute and also very like dainty and yeah, like foxes are very, very fucking cute, but also like ferocious. So I was yeah. kind of feeling out of all of the shifters that we read, I was like, I, I was feeling the fox. So that's my vote. I'm going mm. for fox. What about you, Ariel? Mm, mm. That's a good choice. Although I always associate foxes with rabies because they do have rabies around here. But that's, <laughs> that's just a me thing. You know what? I'm very partial to the wolf shifter, the classic um, myself. There's something about it. Fair. Nice. What about you, Renee? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix my themes and say that they they could be a shifter, but they also have to be a cryptid, and because <laughs> um, it, like they could they could be a Mothman, they could be a Bigfoot. As we know, Bigfoots are spicy. Um, I would take a Fresno Nightwalker. Like, give me some big old shifter pants. Like, yeah. Um, no chupacabras, though. That's too much. That's too dark. What about a capybara? No. I mean, they're so cute. You know, actually, on my on my Alexa screen, um, it's all capybaras hugging animals. <laughs> like. So I mean I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to make love to one because I would just love it too much as a creature. Um ooh, what about a scorpion? Ooh. You know that remember remember the the spider book we read last year? That one was spicy and I think about it a lot, but that was just a giant mutant spider. It wasn't a shifter. But if it was a shifter, I would go with the giant spider. That's terrifying. That's fair. Yeah, that was that was long. That was that's absolutely terrifying. And mostly I just paused because I was trying to process that. But again, it speaks to the goth femme heart that you hold that you didn't even intentionally choose something Halloween-y. It's just who you are as a person. It's who I am. And you know what? It is what it is. What can I say? Um, okay. I'm going to... And before I go on, Ariel, did you... Do you have a passage you want to read to us or are you passing on that because of your book? Because I would love to hear a passage. You know, I thought about this a lot. There's nothing really worth reading, I feel, from this book. Nothing is like <laughs> even vaguely interesting. Um, and I don't really want to read the spicy parts. They use some really, you know, they use the P word to describe the woman's vagina, which just throws me right off. Um, so I think I'll have to pass. Fair. Okay. Yeah, and we're all about having choices here on Ravage Love. So but I would love to hear from Absolutely. from you two. Because yours sounds much better. Okay. <laughs> well, I do well, have a pass. Yeah, take it away. Take it away because um, no one yeah. does reenactments better than you. So I'm not even gonna mm. try. I yield the floor to okay. Renee. Well, I did I did take some creative liberties and I added some a point like I added to the end of this passage um just for fun why not let's wrap up the autumn and move into spooky season with a little fun okay hells yeah so um when um this is this is a chapter coming from the perspective of Cade who is who's the fox shifter so when Cade refers to her fox or the author refers to her fox she's referring to that fox part of Cade 
right? Which is kind of like a distinct personality um, working together with Kate as a, as a human and as a fox. Okay. <clears throat> that night, they both slept in the bed. They'd already been sharing it, but this time it was different. Although they didn't do anything beyond kiss, it was more than enough to make Kate's head spin. Angela's head rested on Kate's chest, and she was tracing light patterns on Kate's stomach with her fingertips. A tender protectiveness swelled between Kate's ribs. Her fox sighed happily, and for once they were in perfect harmony. Her fox still seemed to think Angela was her mate, but even though Kate knew women like her didn't have mates, this time she didn't fight the thought. When Angela was fully asleep, Kate gently dis disentangled herself and slipped out from the bed. Um, as loath as she was to relinquish Angela's touch, her mind was spinning and her fingers itched with desire to draw something. To record uh, that this really had truly happened, maybe. She couldn't quite believe it. Sketchbook and charcoal in hand, Kate tucked herself into the chair beside the bed. There was enough moonlight coming in through the window that she could see well enough to draw without turning on a light and disturbing Angela. The charcoal flew over the paper. Time seemed to disappear as, in sketch after sketch, Kate tried to capture what made Angela so special. By the time she was done, she'd worn down her charcoal stick by a good inch. Her creative powers exhausted, Kate closed the sketchbook and carefully eased back into Angela's bed, tucking herself under the covers. It was almost like they were in little den together, Kate thought sleepily. The comparison pleased her in her thoughts. Angela sighed and nuzzled Kate's shoulder. Suddenly, Angela whispered, Kate. Yes, Kate replied. I want you to do something for me, Angela said. What is it, Kate asked. Angela said shyly, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Stunned, Kate finds she's speechless. And, Angela continues, I want you to draw me wearing this. Slowly, Angela holds up the heart of the ocean. Um, that was... <laughs> but is that intentional plagiarism or um, I don't know what you're talking about um, that's entirely something that I came up with um, I just want to say um, I mean well done and also I'm really proud of us that we've been having a conversation <laughs> about this book for a good 20 minutes and no one started singing that stupid Fox song and I just really want that to be mentioned I want that to be known um, that we had restraint to not troll each other and our listeners and I just wanted that to be noted I would never do that to you I would have no, but I hadn't thought about it because you're too good to <laughs> it's literally all I think of when I hear about foxes but I did not ask what the fox says so we're all good you brought us there anyway though so <laughs> now it's in my head <laughs> the subtle troll is really the best trolling of all wow okay. this was a delight can I just say I'm Thank so glad you, so you joined much. us Ariel like what a delightful little yeah Thank you for joining us. It's a dream come true. What a joy, honestly. Can I can I just as a last thing make a recommendation for listeners for an orchard related book? Oh my god, yes please. Okay, so after I had read this one, I realized that quite a while ago I had read a book relating to orchards, but I didn't have enough time to reread it, but I just wanted to say there is a lovely book called Semper Fi by Kira Andrews. Um, and it is a 
gay romance um, and a historical romance as well about two um, two men who had fought in World War II, I believe, don't quote me on that, but definitely one of the World Wars. And um, after the war, one of them uh, returns to work on his apple orchard and his wife has unfortunately passed away and his friend comes to join him there and they fall in love. And it's a really beautiful story and very worth reading. That's lovely. Thank you for sharing that. And I will make sure that that makes it onto Instagram so we can like actually send people to that book. Thank you. Well, Renee, do we want to tell people what we're doing oh next God. week? It is the first week of October. Oh, shit. Yes. Ooh, yes. Yes. And you know, we actually don't have our whole month lineup planned yet, but we're going to get there and it's going to be spicy. <clears throat> and it's going to be intense. But next week we're rolling in with something really niche. We're covering <sighs> Amish vampires. Fuck yes! Oh Give me some undead Jebediah. I'm fucking <laughs> amped. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This sounds uh, And if you're thinking, right? <laughs> and if people are thinking, well, of course you and Renee are going to end up with the same book. That's too niche. Oh no. Oh no. There are several choices that we can make next week. So we are going to bring you some spicy undead Amish people and I'm pumped but yeah if you are new to the show be new but know that our October is really our it's our time to shine it's when we pull out yes. nothing but the gems it's when Renee fully becomes her fully formed realized self uh, and we thrive throughout the month of October and this week there are five weeks there are five f- like five weeks in October um, yeah. so that's five that's multiple paychecks for people um, and five or October episodes. So we're going to hit ghosts and vampires and all kinds of witches and spooky shit. We might do an Instagram live. We might do another bingo card, another giveaway. You don't know. You'll have to stay tuned. You don't know. You have to listen. You know, I was checking our stats and last year, October, we had 800 downloads. Ooh. Yeah. People people love it. People love People love getting spooky. They do. They do. So we're we're glad to just keep pumping out the content for you. But thank you so much, Ariel, for being here. Thank you for letting me be here. I appreciate it. It's an honor. What a time. What a time. Best best guest so far. So my brother can just go die. Um Ariel, as somebody who has listened to the show, would you do us the honor of singing us out? I would love nothing more. Are you can you are you okay to hand that over, Julie? Oh my gosh, I am honored to pass the torch over. I mean, honored. if you guys want to harmonize, I'm here for it. No, but, no, no. Um... Please, Ariel, <laughs> take it away. Okay. Ravage love. Ravage love. Yes! Yes! That was so good! Fuck. Oh, well, this has been a delight. Bye! Bye! Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J Show. 
Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. What does the fuck say? Ding, 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 ding.